I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And welcome to Doppelgangers. Today we're talking about season one, episode 16 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called There Goes the Neighborhood. And there it does go. There's a lot of new faces. Not all friendly. Yeah, not all friendly and a lot of drama between everybody. Everyone is crossing paths this episode, it seems. So I'll read, as always, The Vampire Diaries wiki synopsis. Anna brings a surprising guest along when she pays a visit to Damon. Elena and Stefan go on an awkward double date with Caroline and Matt, but Stefan and Matt find they have some common ground. I don't really think they do, but okay. Boring. (laughs) I think Matt wishes they had common ground. Jenna reunites with her old friend, Kelly, and Jeremy's relationship with Anna takes an unexpected direction. That it does. Um, Unexpected for Anna, for sure. And I guess unexpected for Jeremy, too, though he kind of set it up for success. Not unexpected for me, baby. So let's dive in. We open at a new house. It's a little farmhouse, and we find out it's where all the tomb vampires are staying. And there are a whole bunch of them now. Last episode, we saw like three or four, and now there's like at least 20. Like everybody's found it. They're all like picking through donation bags to get some modern clothes. They're getting haircuts. They're figuring out how the TV works. Anna's like, oh, it's a remote control. Hee hee hee. She's like, you don't have to watch the same channel forever. And they're like, I don't know what a channel is. (laughs) But everyone seems to be in pretty high spirits until Anna comes in and she sees her new friend, Frederick, who is drinking Mrs. Gibbons' blood and he's clearly drinking too much. And Anna's like, that's enough. And Anna's like, oh, Mrs. Gibbons, you know what? You should go lay down. And Frederick's like, she's fine. And then he compels her to say she's fine. He's like, Anna, don't you want some blood? And she's like, no, I'm good. Like, she should go lay down. Obviously, she's about to faint. Yeah. And it's rude to use the compulsion to make her say she's fine. But who am I? We can tell immediately that there is some tension between Frederick and Anna. And I think Anna very much wanted her mom out of the tomb, of course. I don't think she was necessarily sold on getting the other vampires out. I think she would have been happier with just her mom out. I don't think she wanted all of these vampires out, but clearly her mom wants them out. Clearly Pearl wants them out. And I think even wanting like your mom out, your mom who was around in 1864 versus you've been living on your own for like 200 years. You've kind of worked out a system that works for you, obviously, because you're still here. And so to adjust to having one person new is still an adjustment. But now she has like all these people who, as we'll see in this episode, not all of their personalities are built for the kind of life that it seems that most vampires who are still around in Mystic Falls want. Yeah, there's definitely some disconnects with everyone's intentions in town. And some people clearly holding grudges, which is fair. And my argument, which I'll come to, I'm sure many times in this episode, why do they all feel the need to live together? I think Pearl wants to push it of like, if we're all going to live here, we have to be on the same page if we want to overtake the town. That's how I understand it. I totally agree with that, but I don't understand why they all want to live in Mystic Falls. Pearl, I get. She lost her apothecary. She wants to have an apothecary again even though apothecaries are obsolete and now you have to have a pharmacy, whatever, I don't care. Get your apothecary. Have fun selling four locos and hot Cheetos, Pearl. It's a different world. But if all Frederick wants to do is kill people, it's just detrimental for him to be in Mystic Falls because no one lets him leave the house and a bunch of people have vervain. Go find your friend Catherine. Like, you don't have to stay here. Yeah, no one's making you. If it was between me doing whatever I wanted or like, living in this place I lived in that like betrayed me and I can't go anywhere I want and I can't really eat that much and someone's breathing down my neck all the time, Um, I'm leaving. Yeah. I don't know why Frederick will, him specifically, but I'm sure the rest of them could as well. Frederick, we're harping on because he's the one who's complaining the most this episode. Like Harper's like, yeah, I don't mind staying in this house. So I get why Harper wants to stay. He's got no complaints. Yeah, I think Harper's a little overwhelmed by the whole situation. He's like, look, this is kind of a nice place for me to acclimate to the modern age. Which I think is the right attitude. Frederick's like, okay, cell phones, I got it, whatever. When can I kill some people? Yeah, he really does not care about anything else. The cars don't stress him out. Someone give Frederick an iPhone with Angry Birds on it and that'll calm him down. That'll distract him. (laughs) That's what he needs. 
And then we check in with Matt over at the Donovan household. He wakes his mom up. She's hungover. It's a very like reverse parent-child relationship that he's like taking care of his mom. And he's like, don't bring the party home. And she's like, it was one guy. Why are you judging me? Yeah. It's kind of truly sad to watch, even as a noted Matt Donovan hater. Matt's like, hey, you know, my boss is looking to hire a bartender at the grill if you're looking for a job, which you should be. He's like, you know, if you want to get a job, but he's like, please get a job. I cannot pay all these bills. Well, he's basically like, if you're going to stick around, you need a job. Yeah. She's like, oh, well, I don't know if the manager would like want me after last time. And Matt's like, I think she's desperate. She's like, there's back rent. I have to stay. And Matt's like, there's back everything due. Yeah. And she's just like, mm-hmm, that's funny. And he's like, this isn't funny to me. He's like, ha ha ha. I'm paying my bills on a busboy salary. She's like, maybe I'll go to the bar. You know, she does obviously need a job to help out Matt and like, pay for some of this. I don't know that bartending is the wisest job given her personality, but you know, it's what she can take. And I think she would. Well, it's also the experience she has. She's not going to get a job as a teacher. That's true. And not like I'm saying she can't, but obviously she just doesn't have that experience. I don't really know how Matt expected this episode to end well. I mean, Matt's got some issues with his family, which I get. Yeah, it's rough to be like paying all the bills and taking care of the house and all this stuff completely by yourself. But at least you only have to worry about yourself. You know, this reverse parent-child thing that he has to now take care of his mom, too. He's like, I'm barely taking care of myself. I haven't really fully dealt with the fact that my sister just disappeared. Yeah. And then the doorbell rings. And she's like, oh, who's that? And Matt's like, it's Caroline. And she cannot hide her disdain. Yeah, she is like rolling her eyes. Like she might as well have made a gag sound. That is the face that she is making. Which, again, it's like how a kid reacts when their parent brings in a new boyfriend. Matt's like, please don't. But then Caroline comes in. She's like, oh, hi, Mrs. Donovan. And she just gets up and leaves. Doesn't even say Yeah, she just rolls, tries and leaves. And Caroline's like, okay. Like the least you could do is say hi. And Caroline's trying to power through it because what else can she do? But she's obviously visibly affected by it. Yeah, it hurts her feelings regardless. It only builds on this like insecurity that we see more of in this episode. And then we go over to the school where we check in with Stefan and Elena, who are talking about Damon. And Stefan's like, yeah, Damon's in a really bad mood. Like he won't even talk to me. Isn't that what you wanted, bitch? Yeah. (laughs) And he's just kind of worried about Damon. And Elena is kind of like, whatever, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Fuck that guy. She's like, yeah, he can choke. Like, she literally could not care less at the moment. Yeah, she said, I don't really give a shit. Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo about Catherine. Well, it's so funny. Stefan will talk shit on Damon, and then someone else will be like, yeah, he sucks. And he's like, well, he's going through a hard time. And it's like, okay. That's brotherhood for you. He said, I can talk shit about my brother, but you can't. And Elena is mad at Damon for a number of reasons. At this exact moment, it's because... He turned her birth mother into a vampire. And then bragged about it on stage. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And all she wants, she says to Stefan, is just like a normal day where she doesn't have to deal with any vampires, except Stefan, of course. That vampire is okay. So they're having kind of fun. And Stefan's like, yeah, let's have some fun. And it's like, do you like fun? Stefan's high energy right now. I guess he's kind of excited at the prospect that Damon's plan failed. Yeah, it's like a little mini win. and And Stefan doesn't have a lot of wins. And I think Damon is so depressed. He's like, well, Damon's not going to do anything like really fucked up because he's kind of licking his wounds right now. So I'm kind of kind of feeling good. Then we check in with another couple who is not in a happy mood. And that's Matt and Caroline. He suggests that tonight they watch a movie at his house. And she's like, oh, with your mom. And Matt says, well, you're not helping the situation. You should be you should try to be nice. That's literally all she's doing. Caroline is literally being so sweet as pie. Like, how much nicer could she be? Like, there literally isn't a way. And yeah, I mean, Kelly Donovan's whole thing about it is like, oh, you're fake. And it's like, yeah, I'm fake. I don't like you because you're mean to me. Yeah, I have to at least try to be nice. Like, what do you want me to say? You're a fucking bitch. You don't want that either, sweetie. So Caroline's like, it's very hard for me to be nice to people who actively hate me. But again, Caroline is trying to be nice. She's doing a pretty good job. She does it. But Matt's like, Oh, whatever. I don't know. about. He's like, it's really hard to tell. It's like, just pick a side. I honestly don't care which one at this point, but you have to like make a decision and stick with it for once in your fucking life. He doesn't have to pick his mom or Caroline, but he has to make both of them work with each other. And he has to put a little more pressure on his mom than he's putting on Caroline. Caroline's doing nothing but being nice. So telling Caroline to try to be nice is a waste of your energy. Tell that to your mom. Yeah, don't tell her to do exactly what she's doing that isn't working. Yeah. And then to exacerbate the issue, they look down the hallway where Stefan and Elena are making out and Caroline's still insecure about Elena. And Matt is just straight up like pining for Elena, like so aggressively. I don't think he is. 
I felt like it was like he was just like looking at her a little like wistfully. I thought he was just like looking. Maybe I'm reading into it. I don't know. That's how I read it. Yeah. I just don't think Matt has the capability to have a single thought in his brain ever. So (laughs) I think he can have maximum one thought at any given time. And even that is asking a lot. So Matt kind of dismisses Caroline and walks away. Couple goals. I know. Mm, I love them. I just, I love the way they love. Marilyn. Meanwhile, at the tomb house, Pearl is explaining texting to Harper. She's like, yeah, you text when you don't want to talk to someone. Very much a social commentary. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, whatever. And then they accidentally play a voicemail from Jeremy. And we find out it's Anna's cell phone. And so Anna comes in and she's like, I'm taking that. And they're like, oh, who was that? And she's like, Jeremy Gilbert. And everyone makes a face like, what the fuck? Are you dating Jeremy Gilbert? Mama, use a fake name. Or just say Jeremy. And she said, oh, yeah, my friend Jeremy from the library. But that's not her first priority right now. Yeah, she's a little overwhelmed by all the happenings, I can imagine. Yeah. So Pearl has a little suit on. They're about to go into town. And Frederick is annoyed because he is not allowed to go into town. And Harper's like, it's okay. I'll keep a watch on things over here. Frederick is annoyed that he is like not able to leave, which I can't blame him. But also, again, no one's keeping you here. Well, you got to think some people in this house just want to kill everyone in this town. If you do want to kill everyone in town, go kill everyone and leave town. What's Pearl going to do? Yeah, wait till Pearl leaves and then go into town. Yeah, which obviously they do. But I just don't understand why he's like, oh, my God, you won't let me leave town. It's like, yeah, but. Well, yeah, if you run away, she's not going to chase you down. You're not that much of a prize, Frederick. And she's like, oh, don't go into town. It's like, what can she really do? She can't really tell you that. Yeah, you don't have to listen to her. And then back at school, Caroline is proposing to Stefan and Elena the prospect of a double date, that the couple dynamics have changed. It's been awkward. They should all go out together and address it head on, which, well, this is generally a good idea. It's also because she wants to see how Matt does with Elena. Yeah, I think this is pretty clear. It's a a test of Matt, which I think is fair, considering I read him as pining at Elena. And maybe that's how she read it as well. But also, like, I think she's hoping that if they're actually in a group that he'll, like, make it more clear that he's choosing Caroline because he'll be forced to, essentially. I think that's kind of a hope. Well, that it'll be like a competition between couples because Stefan and Elena are still in a honeymoon phase. So they'll be, like, touching and huggy. So Caroline, I think, is hoping that in that situation, Matt will be like, oh, I have to show that I really like Caroline, too. So he would also be touchy and huggy. And also, like, show Matt, like, Stefan and Elena on a date so he, like, doesn't see Elena as coming back to him at any point. Yeah, so he sees, like, Stefan and Elena as a couple and not as, like, a temporary thing. And Elena, I think, is smart enough to clock that this is what Caroline is doing. She she could behave differently, but... I think she knows that, like, it's gonna be awkward, and so she's like, I don't know, that might be a little weird. And Stefan's like, no, that sounds, like, fun! And it's like, that doesn't really seem like your kind of vibe, buddy, but okay. I think he's just trying to be normal. I don't think he really thinks it sounds like fun. I think he thinks it sounds like something normal high schoolers do. Yeah, I mean, I think it sounds like something to get them out and about and hanging out with people other than Damon and vampire stuff. But speaking of vampires, we go over to the Salvatore house where Damon is home alone or so he thinks. Pearl is inside. She's like, hey, um, yeah, you didn't have to invite me in because you don't have anyone living here. What do you guys do if a vampire comes in that you don't like? And he's like, oh, we kill them. And he tries to choke her and she really just takes his hand and hurts him. And she's like, let's talk. She is strong, strong. So then before we see what their conversation is about, we check in with Jeremy, who's in a chat room for vampire stuff. His username is Vamp Jair, which is hysterical. And he's trying to ask questions about vampires, but everyone on the chat room is making fun of him. Yeah, he says, how do you become a vampire? And someone replies and said, Brad Pitt changed me. It's like he can't even find a vampire (laughs) chat room that won't bully him. And it's literally a vampire chat room. And these people are like making fun of him. Like, why are you on here? Like he found the world's worst vampire chat room. Yeah, it was like, aren't you all on here because you want to talk about vampires? Why are you making fun of this guy asking very fair questions? Yeah, he's like, how do you kill a vampire? And someone said the blood of Paula Abdul, which is a joke I can't quite track even in 2010. Like the Brad Pitt one, I get. Interview with a vampire. Sure. Oh, I didn't even clock the interview with a vampire thing. I just thought it was funny that they mentioned Brad Pitt. Well, yeah, I mean, Brad Pitt's a funny celebrity. Paula Abdul's a funny celebrity, but at least Brad Pitt has some kind of connection to vampire stuff. So everyone's making fun of him. He's not getting any answers there. 
And then we go back over to Pearl and Damon and Pearl kind of catches Damon up on the goings on in her life that she's like, we found a house outside of town. Everyone got out um, and they're living with me. Some people aren't living with me. They probably left town or they're in the woods or they're acclimating. But yeah, we've got a house full of tomb vampires. So and he's like, wait, what? Like the tomb was open. And he said, go back. <laughs> and Anna's like, yeah, I guess the witch messed that up, which she did. Well, yeah, <laughs> she probably messed up because she died. Doesn't change the fact that she messed it up. That's a tough thing for Damon to swallow. And Pearl basically has some demands. She's like, we know you infiltrated the Secret Founders Council. And he tries to deny it, but he doesn't get very far with that because Anna's been around. And so they want a list of everyone who's on the Founders Council and on their families. They also want a list of everyone he gave Vervain to. And they're like, and you need to stop giving people Vervain. And he doesn't really like that because he's kind of got a handle on things right now. But basically, Pearl's like, the Founders took our home from us. We want to make them pay and rebuild. Yeah, they basically want to take back the whole town. Damon says that was 1864. The world has moved on, which you didn't move on until like two episodes ago, Damon. But sure, go off. But sure. (laughs) Go off, King. Pearl's like, well, you know what? I can offer you something. I can offer you Catherine. And Damon smartly is like, you've been underground for like 160 years. You don't know where Catherine is. And she said, we were best friends. I could figure it out. Yeah, she's like, I could track her. I know how she acts, which like, Maybe true, maybe not, but it doesn't really matter because Damon's like, I do not want to see Catherine. Yeah, he's like, I don't think so. That's not something I'm really interested in. And she's like, okay, well, I was just offering that to be nice. We're not negotiating here. I'm telling you what to do. And then to punctuate her point, she like gouges his eyes. Very, very dope. Very cool. Yeah, and she says, I am 400 years older than you, okay? So you don't actually get to have a say in what I'm telling you to do. And that's interesting that she's 400 years older. So she's a very, very powerful vampire. But it's also interesting that the tomb didn't, like the time of the tomb didn't seem to really weaken her. Yeah, that is an interesting thing to note. And then we go over to the Gilbert house where Stefan is at the front door with a bouquet of Bergen bin flowers. Yeah, he went to Walgreens for those babies. Yeah, he said, oh, it would be cool if I got flowers. And he's like, oh, I would drive, but you have a car. So Elena makes a joke that she's like, I'm surprised you don't have a car since you were around when cars were invented. And he's like, I have a car. I just don't drive it. And she kind of ignores that because she's like, I really don't care about cars because who does? She's like, well, he didn't drive here, so it doesn't really matter to me. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, "Okay, congratulations. You have a car. That means nothing to me. And she's like, I'm just really nervous about this. It just feels like we were never meant to be normal. And he's like, he tries to calm her down. And he's like, oh, yeah, I went on a double date with Hugh Hefner once, which, sure. He's like, let's not be so serious, Elena. It's like, it's like you're the one who's been serious this whole time. It's like, you start, Stefan. Yeah, you start not being so serious. Well, he is starting to not be so serious. It is just a marked change. It's just literally today, though. So give Elena a little bit of time to catch up. Exactly. And then meanwhile, in town, Pearl and Anna are meeting with Jenna because she's selling a property that was in her brother-in-law's family for generations. So it was in the Gilbert family owned by her brother-in-law, Elena's dad. And it used to be an apothecary. And we know it used to be Pearl's apothecary. It's so fucked up. So Jonathan like kills his girlfriend, took the building, passed it down through generations and now pearl has to buy it back although this brought up some questions for me because where's pearl getting money and then i was like well she doesn't really need money she could compel jenna to just give it to her but then i was like what if jenna has vervain which we do answer a little bit later but she could compel someone else to give her money but it's just always a question well they said they had an atm card and also charge it (laughs) i just like to think about those things but obviously there are ways to get around it She's just looking at the open house right now. Jenna's probably not actually going to be the one who does all the paperwork. Yeah. And Elena's not in the business of handing out Vervain to real estate agents or to notaries. And then Anna sees Jeremy and kind of looks at him, but she follows Pearl inside because obviously Pearl doesn't really want her talking to Jeremy and kind of wants her with her. So she's like, I don't need my daughter like hooking up with a Gilbert because, you know, she's been down that path and it didn't end well for her. Yeah. She has a grudge against the Gilberts and it's a fair grudge. Then at the grill, Damon comes in to have a drink. Kelly's already sitting there because she was supposed to have her interview. He's got sunglasses on and because his eyes are sensitive, you know, from being gouged. And Kelly immediately comes in hard with the flirting. She's like, oh, you're new in town. And he said, no, I'm very old. 
And she said, no, I would remember someone like you in town. She's like, I would remember someone this hot. I would have dated you by now. Yeah, she's like, there. you look around. There are not that many hot guys here. And she says, yeah, I think the manager blew me off for my interview for the bartender job. But to be fair, last time I was in town, I did have sex with her boyfriend. So, so fair enough. So no hard feelings against the manager. Yeah, she's like, I don't really know what I expected. And then Jenna comes in and she's excited to see Kelly. She's like, oh my God, Kelly. And Kelly's like, oh my God, Jenna. And it at first is weird, but then they explain it basically that Kelly used to babysit Jenna and then they partied together. You know, these two are down ass bitches. Anybody who can hold their own partying with Kelly has to be fucking crazy. And I love because Jenna just seems like a fun girl who like, Definitely was vibing with Damon at one point. And so I think her, Kelly, and Damon is like a fun little party trio. Which they are. It's the middle of the day and they're like, yeah, we'll all do shots, whatever. What else do we have to do? I mean, Jenna pushes back a little bit, but... But not that much. So this little trio starts pounding shots. Love to see people having fun in this town. And then meanwhile, back at the tomb house, Frederick is annoyed that he is locked in the house. He's like, I hate this house. I didn't leave the tomb just to be locked up in a house. And it's like, okay, even though like you're not locked in there, buddy, open the fucking door and go. That's the thing. It's like, okay, first of all, in the tomb, you couldn't move anywhere. You were desiccated. So first off, you're better off in here. Difference number one. And (laughs) second off, again, No one is making you stay like Pearl's asking you to stay in the house if you're going to live in Mystic Falls. No one's making you live in Mystic Falls. And even if you do want to live in Mystic Falls again, go kill all the founding families and then leave town. What's Pearl going to do? Yeah, she'll be like, oh, man, I wanted to do that. She might stop you and kill you before you finish. But isn't it worth it? You'll probably get a few. Start at the ones you're you're maddest at. Maybe don't start with the vampire brothers. And Harper's like, quit complaining. And Beth Ann's like, calm down. Frederick and Harper get into a little altercation. And Pearl, luckily, is coming back from town, chokes Frederick. And she's like, you need to keep a low profile. You need to listen to me. And he's like, no one in this town knows me. And she said, the Salvatores do. And he basically is like, I wish I could see them. And he basically blames them for being in the tomb. He wants to fight them hard. He's like, it's their fault we were in there in the first place. He's not wrong. And then finally, we get to the awaited double date where romance goes to die. You know, Elena's making conversation. She's like, how do you like working at the grill? And he's like, oh, it's pretty nice. They can't keep a bartender to save their lives. Uh, Yeah, Ben literally got lit on fire. That's why. Stefan's like, that's so funny. I wonder where they go. Stefan's like, that's crazy. Why'd the bartender quit? (laughs) Matt says like, oh, I suggested my mom for the job. And Elena's like, oh, how's that going with Kelly? Blah, blah, blah. And her being on a first name basis with Mrs. Donovan. Well, Mrs. Donovan like hates Caroline, even when she's being formal does not help matters. Yeah, this is the first knife in Caroline's stomach. And to be fair, Elena, I don't think knows the issues Caroline is having with Matt's mom. Well, no, she's seen a couple of their interactions. But I think she doesn't really understand Caroline's insecurity because like no shade to Elena. She like doesn't know what it's like to be insecure. No shade to Elena, but she's a little self-centered. Yeah, and it's fair. There's a lot going on in her and Bonnie's life that is arguably more important than what's going on in Caroline. To be fair, I would be self-centered too if everyone was talking about me all the time the way they are in this town. The humans are obsessed with Elena. The vampires are obsessed with Catherine. Of course, that got to her head a little. And to be fair, Elena is the main character of the show. It makes sense that the character would have main character syndrome. Yeah. It's not main character syndrome if you are the main character. Yeah. Yeah. Elena says to Stefan, Kelly and my mom were best friends in high school. Me and Matt literally met when we were in a crib. Ha 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 ha. And Caroline definitely feels awkward. But what can she say? Because she's like, well, they were babies then. Like, I can't be mad about people hanging out when they were babies. She's like, I'm not going to be jealous of a baby. She's like, I'm going to work hard not to. I might still be a little bit. In her brain, she's like, why am I fucking jealous of a baby right now? She's like, this is not a good start to this date. I'm still insecure comparing myself to a baby. But it's interesting that Kelly and Mrs. Gilbert are friends because Kelly is like, kind of wild. And I wouldn't have flocked Mrs. Gilbert as a wild person. Not that we know really anything about her, but that was an interesting little peek in because like Jenna seems very fun, but Jenna's like the younger sister who stepped in as a caregiver when she had to. I was envisioning Mrs. Gilbert a lot more buttoned up, almost a Mrs. Lockwood, but that is clearly not the case. Which is probably another reason why Vicky got so mad at this founding family is like dichotomy when like Matt 
and Elena are dating, Kelly and Mrs. Gilbert are best friends and they still are like very differently respected in the town. This is another thing you have to think about is that Elena's mom did not grow up as a founding family member. She married into a founding family. Oh, okay. That's a good I just point. made that connection. The Summers were not a founding family. That's a good point. The Donovans are not a founding family. So, of course, like Elena's mom, pre being married into a founding family, also wasn't a founding family. And then Elena's mom married into a founding family, which made it more difficult for the kids. But obviously, Elena still dated Matt. You can see where Vicky gets the kind of resentment. Or should I say got? I'm still thinking about Vicky all the time. I miss her so much. Then they see the little drinking trio. The little party. Yeah, they see the group of people actually having fun at the grill tonight. Yeah, that's what a fun double date looks like, minus one boy. See, look how fun it would be, Matt, if you weren't there. That's what everybody else could be doing. Take one for the team, buddy. So they see them. Damon, like, you know, cheers his glass to them. And Elena's like, oh, my God, I fucking hate that guy. And Matt is not happy to see his mom out and partying, especially because he was like, oh, she came here to do an interview. He was just bragging to everyone about how he got her to do a job interview. And then he looks over and she's getting drunk. He's like, fuck, (laughs) come on. He's like, God, I really thought I I really thought I did that. And Elena is very shook that Jenna is there as well. She's like, how did Jenna get mixed in? Yeah, it's another knife to the stomach of this double date, which will continue to be stabbed as the night goes on. Yeah, this uh, double date is taking wooden bullet after wooden bullet. (laughs) (laughs) And then we go back over to the tomb house where Frederick and Beth Ann finally are like, okay, so we're just going to leave. Pearl's not here. So we're going to go. And Harper's like, hey, where are you going? They're like, we're going to go out and go into town. We're leaving. And Harper's like, Pearl (laughs) said we shouldn't. And Frederick's like, I really don't give a shit, honestly. (laughs) And he's like, oh, are you going to stop me? And Harper's like, no. Like, Harper doesn't really want to do anything. He doesn't want to get involved. Harper's like, uh, I'll get killed. So, I, no, you guys can go. And then, meanwhile, at the Gilbert house, the doorbell rings and Jeremy answers the door and it's Anna, who, as far as he knew, was leaving town. So he's like, oh, my God, I thought you were leaving town. She's like, oh, yeah, we decided to stay. <laughs> She's like, oh, I thought you would be, like, excited. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he's kind of scared because he, at this point, is 95% sure she's a vampire. He seems pretty scared of her right now, and that does shift later, but he seems a little freaked at the moment. Yeah, I think he doesn't know if she's coming here to kill him since she was supposed to leave town, tie up a loose end. When she's like, okay, step aside and comes in and he kind of makes a face, but it's like, well, she's been invited in before, buddy. Yeah, you did it already. He's like, did I invite her in? Of course, now he can't remember if he ever did. He's like, I would never have taken that seriously. That's a lesson to learn. Meanwhile, back at the grill, Jenna is comforting Damon, who is like the shaky remains of my life. It's like, oh, my God, dude, you're bringing the mood down. Yeah, he's already like he's like, oh, I'm all I'm over Catherine. I'm so mad at her. No, he's still depressed about it. But then he's also freaked out because, you know, he's kind of started to build a little bit of a life in Mystic Falls. He is going in some direction of mending his relationship with Steph. And I don't think either of them would classify it as that. But it's definitely moving in that direction. And so I think he's definitely scared of this like massive change that would come from the town uh, being taken over by the vampires. And Damon can't adequately communicate all of those things to Jenna and Kelly. So he keeps it pretty vague and so jenna and kelly cope how any down ass bitches would and they do more shots then the double daters are playing pool you know they're looking at the little trio drinking and they're like they're having fun and elena's like oh they're drunk and then matt and caroline and elena reminisce on like getting drunk drunk at homecoming and caroline at first is like into this conversation because it's a memory the three of them share She's like, oh, yeah, that was so funny. Even though it's not a memory that involves Stefan, Stefan's not insecure because he's like, I'm very hot and I'm a vampire. So I don't really care that I wasn't at homecoming. Yeah, he's like, I'm not mad. I missed like sophomore year homecoming. Like, I'm good with that. Yeah, so at first they're having fun. But then the rest of the story is like, oh, yeah, this is how Matt tried to sneak me out. But my dad caught me and then he grounded me and I couldn't see Matt for three days. He he he. And they're kind of like looking at each other and smiling, which I think in Elena's mind is totally platonic. But Matt's clearly like, we are sharing a memory. Matt's kind of like, whether he's actively doing it or not, he's pining for her. He really is. Like, I don't think he's like, sitting there like hoping Elena comes around, but I think he, you know, they dated for a long time. He still has feelings for her. And I think he's not very good at hiding that because he is a dumbass. It's not even just that he's pining for Elena, but he's pining for the life he had when he was dating Elena. That was simple and easy, and he didn't have to be a busboy to pay all his rent and take care of his mom. I think he's pining for more than just Elena. 
And this relationship with Caroline is harder because he has to be more open with his feelings and work at it because he's he didn't spend all his time with her since he was a baby. And he's too stupid to work through it critically. He's in this conversation and he's like, ha ha, funny. Caroline is clearly feeling awkward. So she's like, well, I'm going to go to the restroom. Elena? And Elena's like, oh, why are we going to the bathroom? Because Elena's kind of clueless. I think to Elena, it is so platonic that she doesn't even like notice it. And because so many guys are in love with her, she doesn't notice when they are, which is main character syndrome. And I hate her for it, but I can't really blame her for it. Well, because I think she's so much happier and more secure with Stefan that she's like, oh, yeah, this is clearly platonic because I'm clearly with Stefan and just doesn't really like understand the insecurity that Caroline's feeling because I think she knows like, oh, it's a little weird that I dated Matt for so long and now she's dating him, but like great for Caroline, great for Matt. Yeah, she's like, but now Caroline's dating Matt. So now me and Matt are over. Like, she's like, I'm dating Steph. Like to Elena, it is so crystal clear. She doesn't understand why it's going bad. And Caroline like doesn't know how to explain to her that like, this is uncomfortable. Well, and the insecurity has been festering for Caroline. That she feels like a third wheel in like every case. And so now it's like coming to a head, like almost exploding when like it would have been nice to talk about it over time, but I don't think it would have like worked as well either. I don't know. I don't think there's anything that anyone could have done. As they're heading to the bathroom, Jenna notices that they're there. And she's like, oh my God, the kids that we're like in charge of are here too. And her and Kelly like kind of forgot about it. It's like, Girl, they've been no, they've known you're there for like 20 minutes. The ship has sailed. Kelly's like, first of all, I'm not in charge of any kid. He's in charge of me. She's like, first of all, that's my caretaker over there. He's yeah. going to drive me home later. But it was funny. They're like, oh, my God, they're here. We have to hide. We're not being role models. It's like, guys, they saw you a while ago. Yeah, Damon literally cheers to them. <laughs> that is the problem with being a down ass bitch. Sometimes you get too caught up in your own little down ass bitch world. Yeah, sometimes you're just a little too down. Then we check in with Jeremy and Anna, and he's like, So, like, why aren't you moving? <laughs> she's like, Oh, yeah, my mom got a business opportunity. She's going to open her own little store. It's always been her dream. And I think I'm going to go to high school. I don't want to be homeschooled anymore. Again, why would you go to high school and you're a vampire? But who am I? Well, because she's obsessed with Jeremy. Exactly. And now Jeremy's getting a little more comfortable with her because he's like, okay, she wouldn't be saying all this if she was just going to kill me. So he's like, oh, I'm excited that you're coming to school because, you know, I actually have to do another paper. And I was thinking about doing another one on vampires. And she's like, didn't you really get all of that out of it that you wanted to? Yeah. And he's like, no, I really want to dig deeper. And she's like, gulp. Yeah. First of all, Anna, I guess you shouldn't have given him all the information. Yeah. You did too good of a job making it sound interesting, sweetie. Should have toned it down a little. She's like, damn me and my charisma. <laughs> and she's like, okay, um, I made all the vampire stuff up because I wanted to make a good impression on you. An awful lie for a number of reasons. Number one, you brought in statistics. You obviously didn't make those up. <laughs> like you brought in news articles. Like you had data to back it up. Making them, making it up would have been much easier if you didn't have real news articles. Second of all, if you want to make a good impression, you don't say, oh yeah, I think vampires are real. You say, you like the Beatles? I love the Beatles. Yeah, we all saw what happened to Jeremy on a vampire chat room. Do you think going up to a random person and leading with vampire would be successful? But you know, she's clearly trying to walk it back. She's like, Cause she can tell he's like, she can tell he's a little too into the vampires. He's inching a little too close to figuring it out in her mind. Obviously he's closer than she even thinks. Well, she can tell, I think that he's interested enough in vampires to keep doing research on them. And she's like, that's not a good sign because if you keep doing research, it's only a matter of time before you. Well, and he's clearly moved from, I think it was a metaphor for union sympathizers to no, I think they're real. And that's a very different thing. And he moved from, I think they're real to, I think they're real and they're different than what we think and that they're outsiders that I could be friends with. And she's like, hmm, this feels like a subtweet. Yeah, he's like, I just feel like they misunderstood it. And she's like, is he telling me something? She's like, me? He's like looking around the room like, who are you talking to? He's trying to be like, look, you know, you can tell me, which is like me that I'm like to my dog. I'm like, you know, if you if you can talk, you can tell me. Well, it's like when you're talking to your friend who you think might be gay and you're like, you know, to me, I don't have anything wrong with gay people. Yeah. Love is love. I just think you can't control who you love. Exactly. He's trying to like set it up like, you know, if someone were a vampire, I would be okay with it. And she's like, well, I made it up. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. And they're just like both looking at each other. (laughs) 
<laughs> quite a chess game happening. Exactly. So that's not going so well for Anna. Speaking of not going so well, actually, this is kind of going well in the context of the show. Matt and Stefan are talking while the girls are in the bathroom and they're kind of growing out. And Matt's like, man, you seem like you have everything. And that's why people don't want to hang out with you. And Stefan's like, well, I sound like a dick. Ha ha ha. So they kind of bond over. Like, um, Matt, I think you're projecting. Matt doesn't have everything. No, I think he's like projecting his own insecurities. Projecting his feelings about Stefan onto everyone. And that's why. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, well, it just seems like you have everything and you're so set. And it's like, yeah, you felt that because he started dating your ex-girlfriend. Like, I don't think everyone had that vibe. I think most people were like, he's really cute. Yeah, he's cute and rich and mysterious. Yeah. And he stole your girlfriend. Yeah, but they're kind of bonding over this. Mostly, I think, because... Stefan knows he has to bond with Matt, not necessarily because he wants to. And I'm projecting that. I think that's true. I won't fight you on that. Well, and I think also because Stefan just like, it's not hard to be charming when you really don't care what the other person thinks of you. <laughs> like Stefan's like, oh yeah, that's funny. Cause he's like, it really doesn't matter to me. He's like, if you died right now, I would, <laughs> I would not blink. Uh, yeah, I would literally just be like, oh, okay. Keep shooting pool. So then we check in with Caroline and Elena in the bathroom where it's going even worse. Elena's like washing her hands nonchalantly like she just got invited to the bathroom for no reason. Yeah, Elena's like, oh, she just wanted someone to hang out with her, la la la. And Caroline's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and to be fair to Elena, Caroline is coming in a little hard, but again, it's because it's been festering. Yeah. So Caroline cannot objectively communicate, which is again, hurting her point. Unfortunately, it is. This was going to be a hard conversation regardless, and her coming in hard is not helping it, but I don't blame her for it. Caroline basically says, like, the point of this date is to show how happy you are with Stefan, not to hopscotch down memory lane, which that was the point for you, Caroline. You probably should have communicated that to Elena earlier. Yeah, the point to Elena was she got to hang out with three of her friends. Caroline, I think, should have talked to Elena and said, hey, I feel really insecure when I'm hanging out with you and Matt, and so I just want to have this double date to like reinforce the couples as they are now. Yeah, like solidify each of our couples. But obviously you know? her and Elena are kind of having friendship issues beyond that. So and she was scared to bring that up to Elena because it's hard to admit you're feeling insecure, you know? And Elena's like, I really feel like I didn't do anything. And I do truly believe she felt like she didn't do anything. But still, she should be like, oh my God, I didn't even realize I'm really sorry. I'm going to do better. And instead she's like, you're acting crazy. And Caroline's basically like, well, just try harder. And then walks out of the bathroom, kind of storms out. So then Elena runs out of the bathroom after Caroline. She's like, Caroline, wait. And she bumps into her good pal, Frederick. And Frederick's like, oh, Catherine? And she's like, no, you have the wrong person. But obviously she knows who Catherine is. So she knows this guy's probably a vampire. He could not have more quickly been like, okay, I'm a vampire. I know. To completely the wrong person. But I guess he thought he was just saying hi to Catherine. Exactly. So. And then to reinforce the fact that she's not Catherine, Caroline's like, Elena, come on. And so he's like, hmm. And he looks over and he sees Elena go stand with Stefan and they hug. And he and Frederick immediately recognizes Stefan. And Elena smartly types into her phone, doesn't say anything to Stefan because obviously vampires can eavesdrop. She types into her phone. That guy over there called me Catherine. Of course, by the time she's typed it and Stefan has read it and looked up, Frederick is no longer standing and watching them. Which he's just prolonging the inevitable. So then Elena and Stefan arrive at the Salvatore house. And they're talking about Frederick, who they don't know is Frederick. And she's like, I didn't recognize him. There was nothing familiar about him. Well, I think it's interesting that there's a random vampire roaming through town that just called Elena Catherine. Stefan doesn't know who it is. And they're like, you know what we should do? We should go hang out at the Salvatore house where any vampire can come in at any time because we don't have a living inhabitant here. A rule we very much enforced earlier in the episode when Pearl came in. Just a weird choice by them. I mean, obviously it doesn't lead to much, but it could have. Yeah, it does seem foolish. I mean, I think they already planned to hang out there at some point, obviously. Well, where else are they going to hang out? They're not going to hang out at the Donovan house. They're not going to hang out at the Forbes house, like maybe the Gilbert house, but the Salvatore house is the nicest house, so. Exactly, it's cool. And so Stefan's like, well, I guess we should probably call it a night then and end this date. And Elena's like, no, I want to be a normal teenager. We're doing this fucking double date. It's like, girl, this is not going well. She's like, we can ignore vampires for one night. It's like mm, probably the wrong night to do it. But I mean, you could. It's hard to do it in the Salvatore house. But obviously, like, they don't seem that concerned. I guess they've dealt with enough vampires by now that they're like, whatever. <laughs> so Matt and Caroline arrive in Matt's 
ugly ass truck. They compliment the house. Matt's like, my house could fit in here twice, probably even more. And Caroline's like, I feel like I've been here before. Weird. You have Queen. Yeah. And then Matt notices Stefan's toy car collection. I'm sure there's another name for it if you're into toy cars, but it's a toy car collection. He's like, this is so cool. I did the whole Mustang series when I was nine. And Stefan's like, oh, you like cars? Yeah. Have you seen this little dummy? Of course he likes cars. What else would he like? Football and cars. That's what I would pick for him. And guess what? It's those two. I bet he likes dinosaurs too. I bet he does. So Stefan's like, oh, you like cars? And Matt's like, that's an understatement. It's like, can you not see your like date is having a really hard time tonight? And all you want to talk about is toy cars? I bet that he loves cars, but he doesn't like the Fast and the Furious movies. It's too many characters. He can't keep them straight. But he does love Top Gun. I'm sure of it. Oh, yeah. He absolutely I've never loves seen Top Gun. Top Gun, but I can piece together enough. And then back at the grill, Damon and Kelly are flirting. And Jenna's like, okay, <laughs> bow out. She's like, I- I'm good with this. She knows <laughs> when she's not wanted. So that is being set up. And then back at the Salvatore house, Stefan is showing the gang that he has like an old red convertible that doesn't run. And Caroline's like, well, why do you keep a car that doesn't run? And Matt's like, can you shut up? (laughs) Yeah, it's like, that's a fair question. And Matt's like, whoa, how do you have this? And Stefan's like, "Um, yeah, passed down through the family. He probably compelled it, but okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Caroline doesn't get why he has it, and neither do I. And Matt's like, oh, Elena, remember your dad's old Camaro? Like, I fixed that up like that. I got that engine running so nice. Yeah. And he's like reminiscing on this Camaro, which obviously is more about the Camaro than it is about Elena. But Elena, you just had this conversation with Caroline. Just be like, oh, yeah, Caroline, you remember that car. Bring Caroline into it. Do something. It's not that hard. Well, and since Elena doesn't bring Caroline in, Caroline decides to bring herself into the conversation. Yeah. And she's clearly feeling insecure. So she tries to make a little joke. She's like, well, I don't like sports cars. They're too hard to make out in. And then Matt says, it wasn't that bad. I screamed. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know what. And you can tell that both like everyone after he says it realizes like that is literally the worst thing he could have said. Everyone just like kind of looks into the distance and lets their eyes glaze over for a second. Well, Elena's stressed because she's like, why did he just say that? Caroline's already mad at me. And Caroline's like, are you fucking kidding me? And Stefan's like, "Okay, well, this got really uncomfortable. And Matt's like, and Matt's like, hee hee hee, car, beep, yeah. vroom vroom. <laughs> Matt's like, can I honk the horn? So Caroline storms out, of course, and Elena goes after her, which is good of Elena. That's a good move. And Matt doesn't go after her. Matt's like, bye, Caroline. Matt's like, okay, can I fix this engine now? <laughs> Matt's like, pop the hood, Stefan. Stefan's like, don't you want to go deal with that? Okay. Because Stefan is not even a little bit threatened by Matt in this. He's like, okay, that was a weird thing to say, but he's not like... Yeah, so Matt makes a comment like, oh, I'm sorry, it's awkward. And Stefan's like, yeah, I don't really give a shit about you. Like, I'm not threatened by your ugly ass. He doesn't say that, but he basically is like, you guys have history. That's not going to go away. And Matt's like, you know what? I wasn't sure, but you guys are really good together. And Stefan's like, okay, I didn't come here for your approval. He's like, okay, it literally doesn't matter what you think of me. So this conversation, again, they're trying to set them up as friends, but... I just don't want them to be friends because I like Stefan and I, again, hate Matt Donovan, but who doesn't? Yeah, I want Matt Donovan to like leave the show like a Mark Brandanowitz kind of situation, but I don't think that's going to happen. I know. Why couldn't they kill Matt Donovan instead of Vicky Donovan? I know. Meanwhile, outside the grill, Jenna is graciously bowing out of her night of drinking and she breaks her heel and she's like, oh, damn it. And then Frederick swoops in and he's like, hey, pretty lady. And he breaks her other shoe. And she's like, oh, thanks, I think. And he's like, hey, were you in there with Damon Salvatore? And she's like, oh, yeah, that's Damon. You know him? And he's like, oh, yeah, we go way back. And he asks where Damon lives. And Jenna tells him, of course, how could she know? Well, he says, like, oh, do, does he still live at, like, this place? And he's like, oh, no, they live at the old boarding house. I mean, he's like, got to get the, the address if he wants to go fuck him up, which he clearly does. She's like, oh, well, he's still inside if you want to say hi. And he's like, mm, no, I want to talk to you. And she's like, mm, OK, um, you're clearly flirting, but I'm drunk, so I'm going to go. And he's like, oh, and he tries to compel her. He's like, oh, I think you'd like like to hang out with me. And she's like, that's a funny pickup. I'm going to go in this taxi. Bye. But it's fun because she like stares at him for a while. So you're like, is she getting compelled? And then she's like, and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? How much Vervain is in this fucking town? Yeah. So she gets in the car and drives away and he's like, Vervain, making it hard to get something to eat in this town. 
again, Frederick, go to another town. Then go to another town. Like, why are you wasting your time here? You hate the house you're living in. You hate the people you're living with. And you can't even get anything to eat. And your girlfriend's about to die. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know that, but yeah, but I don't really know what you expected. I think you knew that was a possibility. Moved like three towns over. Move to a town that doesn't have such a rich history of vampires, maybe. It's foolish. Then we go back over to Elena and Caroline. And Elena is like, you're being ridiculous. Which- No, she is not. Well, no, she is being ridiculous. But it's not coming out of nowhere. And Caroline does say like, yeah, I know I'm being ridiculous and I'm being insecure. But like, I'm tired of being the second choice. Yeah, she's like, me being ridiculous doesn't change the fact that I'm- Matt's Elena backup. I'm your Bonnie backup. Like I'm everyone's backup. And Elena's like, oh, now you're mad at me and Bonnie. And Caroline's like, okay, you're missing the point of this. Caroline's like, you just made it about you, but okay. And Elena doesn't understand again, because she is no one's backup. And that's what Caroline says. She's like, you just don't understand because you're everyone's first choice, which again, it's not like totally Elena's fault. And that's like hard to hear because you don't want to think that you're like getting special treatment. And also because like, Elena isn't purposely doing any of this to Caroline. And Caroline knows that. It's just really hard for Elena to like understand. Like Caroline knows deep down that Elena's doing nothing wrong. And Elena knows deep down that she's doing nothing wrong. But it doesn't change the fact that Caroline's feelings are hurt. You can do everything right and still hurt someone's feelings. Yeah, it's not about your intention, Elena. Like look at how Caroline is feeling. Like maybe just check in with her a little more. Send her an extra text once in a while. Pull her into the conversation with Matt more. Like- this is also what it comes down to, because I don't think Elena's doing it on purpose, but also it's not Elena's job to make Caroline feel secure in her relationship. It's Matt's job. And so to blame Elena is just kind of like a transference of blame when really Matt's to blame. I think Caroline has been has felt like a second choice to Elena for so long that I think part of her dating Matt is like, OK, it would be nice to like confirm that I'm also special and pretty. And it's really hard for him to not give her that ever. Yeah, it's really an uncomfortable situation. And you want Matt to like care about her more if he's going to stick with it. Like, I wish he would either just like be all in or be like, no, I don't want to date you. Like this back and forth is just like, it's not fun for Caroline. It's not fun for Matt. And then Matt and Stefan drive up in the car that I guess Matt got the engine to work, whatever. Drove up a little too fast. I feel like, could he have read if the conversation was ending a little bit more? I I mean, he's stupid, so. Stefan could have overheard but I think that conversation wasn't going to go anywhere better what Matt needs to do is comfort Caroline Elena can't solve this problem and it is good that Stefan comes up because Stefan has a plan to help Matt and Caroline a little because he is really being one of the more fun people on this double date shocking yeah he's really saving this double date Stefan says hey you know what why don't you two take it for a spin and Matt's like really he's so much more excited about the car than Caroline even being in it but who am I Yeah, Matt's got to do some damage control and he doesn't even think about it. He is just the world's worst boyfriend. I hate him. But Stefan is not the world's worst boyfriend. Stefan's a good boyfriend. He hugs Elena and he's like, hey, how you feeling? And she's like, whatever, it's tough. Like, I do think Elena knows that Caroline's right. It's just hard to deal with that right now. Meanwhile, at the Gilbert house, Anna and Jeremy are making sandwiches, I guess. He's like, oh, what do you want? She said, pilot high. And he's like, I like your style. Go get the bread. And then he cuts his hand. He said, I'm done fucking around. He said, oh, here's here's a test, baby. He is not even a little scared. He's like, oh, do you have a problem with blood? Yeah. And she immediately shows that she does have a problem with blood. He at first pretends it's an accident. But then as soon as she starts speaking out, he's like, he's looking at her like, you know, this wasn't a fucking accident. And so then she does a quick little vampire run to him, like pins him against the wall. And she shows her veins. He's like, ha ha, gotcha. And she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, you can have some blood. And she's like, okay, deal. She's like, okay, sounds good. And he is fucking loving it. He is like ready to bust. So she drinks some of his blood and then Jenna comes home and Jeremy's like, oh my God, hey, Jenna, what's up? And Jenna says, regret. Me too, queen. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that. What's up? Says, what's up? Regret. Regret. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he's like, not me, though. Yeah, he said, I have no regrets. He's like, I've been having a fucking wonderful night. But then Jenna says, make sure you lock that up. And he turns around and the back door's open and Anna has presumably run out of it. So he's like, oh, man. Now, you know, what's up with Jeremy is regret. Then we have to sit through a Matt and Caroline scene that obviously we're supposed to root for, but I hate them so, so much. 
he's like, oh my God, this car is awesome. This car is awesome. And she's like, what the fuck? She's like, I'm and, literally going to cry. And then he turns to her and he says, did I pass? No, no. <laughs> not even a little bit because he's like, well, you know, obviously this double date was a test and it's like, so you knew it was a test and this was you trying to pass? Yeah. So bro, your test was literally like open book, open note, and you <laughs> got an F open book open note he knew what day it was he got there early he had some of last year's test answers and he still failed he the study guide was the exact test and he still failed so he says like look my past with elena isn't gonna go away you're letting it get to you and like she is but she can't help let it get to her and he then does one good thing and he takes the blame because he's like i told you i was still into elena but Tonight, um, I was really here for you and you're the only person I want to be in this car with right now. And I'm not very good at expressing my feelings, but I hope that's okay. And she's like, you're doing just fine. And it's like, no, he's not. He's not. Caroline, it's the thing. He needs to choose to be a good boyfriend because supposedly he can be. Or she needs to break up with him or he needs to break up with her. It's I'm sick of this little thing where like every time he's like, oh, sorry, I'm so dumb and bad at this. And she's like it's okay. And then there's a ballad and I'm supposed to be like, yay. But I'm like, I know. Cause like, it's okay if you're not good at expressing your feelings. But the problem is, is that you are good at expressing your feelings. You just expressed your feelings to Stefan, not 10 minutes ago. And you don't even like Stefan. (laughs) You are good at expressing your feelings. You're just bad at expressing them to Caroline. And you're bad at defending Caroline. That's the problem because, you know, his mom hates her and he really doesn't do anything about it. It seems to me like the fundamental issue is that he just doesn't respect Caroline. Yeah. Because if he respected her enough, you wouldn't have to pull teeth to get him to say he cares about her. Anyway, they kiss and make up to everyone's chagrin. Then Damon has made it home to the Salvatore house with Kelly Donovan. We all saw this coming from a mile away and he starts making out with her and they're having a great time until the whole double date crew walks in, including Matt. And he's like, mom. And I think Elena's like Damon. And Kelly is like lifted up. Like it is very much like it is a risque. It is going down. It's immediately awkward. And Matt's like, I got to go home. And Elena's like, oh, I'll take Caroline home. So Matt just like leaves without Caroline. I get he's upset, but like that's a real button on the night. Good thing you already made up. So Matt takes his mom home. Elena offers to take Caroline home. Elena and Stefan glare at Damon a little bit, even though he really did nothing wrong in this case. Sorry, he just wants to make out with a girl. Like, like he's have he's going through a breakup. I mean, in a way. <laughs> it's a, essentially a breakup. At least he's not killing people. Aren't y'all happy about that? Exactly. All he's doing is making out with one of your friend's moms. Stefan slept with your best friend's grandma. Exactly. And then Anna arrives home at the tomb house and Pearl's like, hey, where the hell were you? And Anna's like, I went to get air. And Pearl says, for three hours? And it must be hard for Anna, again, because she's been living solo for like 100 years. Now she has to come home and like report to her mom where she is. Yeah, and it's like, I know that you don't want to trust all these tomb vampires to just go wherever they want willy-nilly, but... I feel like Pearl could trust Anna because, again, Anna's been alive this whole time. She hasn't been caught or killed. And she's been in Mystic Falls for quite some time. So the people in town know her. So it's not like it's dangerous. Yeah. And she was in Mystic Falls for a while before even the Salvatores knew she was there. I think Pearl could trust her. But I think Pearl is also, you know, concerned because she's her daughter and she wants to protect all of them. If a bunch of the vampires got killed, Pearl would protect Anna above everyone else, of course. Yeah. But Anna does end up apologizing for worrying her and they hug. Their relationship is under construction. So then Elena leaves to take Caroline home. And Stefan's like, do you want me to come with you? Like, it's dangerous out there. There's another vampire in town. She's like, no, I'll be fine. Like, I can't live my life always afraid that someone's going to kill me, which is kind of a healthy way to put it. So many people would be wanting to kill her. Like, it's honestly just a waste of time to worry about all of them. Yeah, if a vampire is going to kill her, it's probably going to be pretty quick. So yeah, if there's like one vampire hunting me down, like I'd be pretty scared. But if this like any vampire could pop up and want to kill me, like how much energy do I really have to expel? Like prepping for that? It's it's too much. I'll get in my house. I have my vervain. Like that's kind of all I can do. So Stefan's like, okay, text me when you get home. And she said, sure. And as they leave, we see Frederick seeing Stefan going inside the house. Nice of him to wait for Elena to leave. I know. Um, I guess he really only wanted to deal with the Salvatores. Yeah, he probably doesn't have beef with Catherine. 
And he certainly doesn't have beef with Elena because he doesn't know her. Yeah. So the, the Salvatores are really his concern. Yeah. So Stefan goes in to like talk to Damon about how dare he make out with Matt Donovan's mom. Who cares? And Damon's like, oh, don't start. <laughs> and he doesn't get a chance to start with him because Frederick and Bethann break in and they like start fighting them. They like break fully through the window. Frederick gets Stefan with a hunk of glass and then Bethann kind of comes after Stefan while Frederick fights Damon. If this is the situation they're in, Stefan's going to need to start drinking some human blood. <laughs> That's an interesting point to like get his strength up. Yeah. If there's going to be this many vampires this mad. It took him a second to get that glass out of his chest. If Bethann had come in a little earlier, he would have been a goner. But anyway, during uh, Stefan's fight with Bethann, he falls into a chair, and, which is great because the chair has wooden legs and he stakes Bethann. Yeah, he kind of stabs her a couple times with the wood and then finally hits the heart. Yeah, it takes him a second to find the spot. So then Stefan's like, okay, I'm going to go team up with Damon, get Frederick. Frederick notices that Bethann is staked and dead on the ground and, you know, all gray and desiccated. So he sees the writing on the wall and he runs away. And I don't really know what Frederick thought was going to happen when he got there. I mean, well, he thought he was going to kill them, I guess. I feel like he should have come in with a stake if he really wanted to kill them. I think he probably wanted to kill them, but he wanted to like, he probably had this mentality where he wanted to be like, it's your guys' fault we were in this tomb and wanted to like. Oh, yeah. He wanted to get like a final speech. Not worth your energy. He's succumbing to Logan Fell syndrome. He's letting his grudges overtake the practicality of his actions. Yeah. Which is why he was so stupid. He had to leave. He's like, well, I have to get back at the Salvatores. Just like Logan was like, well, I have to get back at the sheriff. It's like, actually, neither of you have to do any of that. Like, you can just be a vampire elsewhere. And so Frederick retreats and Stefan's like, whoa, I recognize that them from 1864. They were in the tomb. And Damon's like, oh yeah, about that. It was like, oh yeah, you you don't know about that yet. Um, okay. Oh my God, I totally forgot to tell you. Yeah, they're all out. <laughs> yeah, it would kind of fuck. Over at the Donovan house, Matt is mad. And Kelly is like, I'm really sorry. And Matt's like, I was having fun with my friends. And you ruined it by getting wasted at my workplace, by the way. Again, there's only one burn town. But he does bring up a good point that he's the kid and she's the parent and he's like parenting her. Yeah, he is definitely right here. And she feels bad because she knows he's right. She does, I think, feel embarrassed for her son walking in on her, making out with Damon, who is, in her mind, 25 years old. She's also like probably a little sad that she's like not caring for him as much as she like probably wants to. She just, you know, hasn't been able to over the years. And like, it's easy when you have like a self-sufficient son to be like, oh, good. He's like so fine. I can kind of skate by. And so I think it's hard for her to face that like this is hurting him more than she thought it was. You know, no one wants to be a bad parent. Over at the Gilbert house, Jeremy and Elena are brushing their teeth and they're like, oh, how's your day? And they're like, oh, yeah, same old, same old. They look into the mirror and they're not speaking to each other at all. It's like you guys could really help each other out here. Then Frederick comes back to the tomb house with his tail between his legs. And he's like, hey, Pearl, um, you were right. And Pearl's like, I fucking know I was right, bitch. Why do you think I kept saying it? Pearl's like, yeah, where's Bethann? And Frederick said, yeah, she's not coming back. So she's like, here, have some blood. And he's like, oh, this she's being so nice to me. And then she stabs him with a wooden spoon and then takes the blood away. And so she's not killing him. She's just really hurting him. And then she sits down and drinks his blood. And she says, maybe next time you'll listen to me. Queen, I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. And you know what? If she does want these tomb vampires to follow her orders, she does need to make an example of someone. You know, she's running a tight ship and she needs to because Anna got her smart planning of like multiple henchmen from somewhere and it was clearly Pearl because Pearl's like, look, I want to take over this town, but we can't just run in with like 27 of us and kill a bunch of people. That's not going to work well. We need to approach this a little differently and kind of build up to it. Cause even though there's 27 of them, I mean, they don't know how prepared the Founders Council is for vampires because the Founders Council in 1864 was very prepared for vampires, obviously. Now this Founders Council they probably could kill all of them pretty fast and be okay. They'd be like, wait, it's in the middle of the day. <laughs> like, oh, hi. But ah! <laughs> the sun's out. But there's no way the vampires could know that. Because Pearl is so wise, she's been, you know, she's at least 500 years old, even though she took a like 200 year nap. She has the wisdom of being a vampire for a while. She's like, look, we don't need to rush into this. 
I have plenty of time to build this plan. We got eternal life, baby. Well, and I also think Pearl doesn't necessarily want to kill everyone in the town. She just wants her apothecary back and maybe she'll kill a couple Gilberts. Alina, it might be nice to start advertising that you're a Pierce. I'm just throwing that out there. But Elena's still in a good mood. So she's at home laying in bed and she calls Stephanie. She's like, hey, I made it home. And he's like, oh, good. And she's like, I'm really happy we did the date tonight. And he's like, yeah, me too. And he doesn't fill her in on the other actions. In the background, Damon is dragging a body through the lobby of the Salvatore house. She's like, you sound a little stressed. Do you want to talk about it? He's like... No, you've got a couple more hours left of normalcy. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nice of him to not tell her this yet. I mean, what's what's there to tell her? The vampire's dead. Well, the tomb's open. That's what's to tell her, that there's 20 more vampires than they thought. Good point. And that won't be a, a happy news. So Damon uh, cleans up the body. A little bit of slapstick humor for us in the background. Bringing her to the fireplace. It's like, y'all should convert one of those dungeons and do a crematorium at this rate. That would make sense. And then back at the Gilbert house, Jeremy comes into his room. He's ready for bed. And Anna's there. She's like, hey, I could have killed you earlier. And you know what? I should have killed you. And he's like, yeah, but you didn't. Yeah. And she's like, okay, so how did you fucking figure it out? And he said, okay, well, um, my friend Vicky got bit by an animal and she was acting weird. And then you gave me a bunch of articles about vampires and animal attacks. He's like, so I put two and two together. And then when you when I kissed you the other night, I saw the veins in your eyes. And she's like, oh, I, I didn't hide that that well. It's interesting that he's been thinking this since Vicky left. Like, I mean, I think he knew she was acting weird and there were drugs. I think he even then knew it was something other than drugs and just didn't know what. He connected that awful quick. Yeah, well, because he had all the data that Anna gave him. Again, really, really spectacularly backfired, giving him all that information. She's like, can you not tell anyone? And he's like, who would believe me? And she's like, you'd be surprised. And she says that because she knows Elena knows. She has met Elena many times and Jeremy doesn't even know. So she's like, actually, a lot of people would believe you. She literally bit Elena. <laughs> yeah. But I think Anna needs to keep it a secret because if Pearl finds out that Jeremy knows, Pearl's going to kill Jeremy. And if Elena or Stefan find out that Jeremy knows, they'll kill Anna. No one finding out about this ends well for Anna. And he's like, so why didn't you kill me? And she's like, I guess I just like, like you, basically. I think they're kind of cute. I'm into them. She's kind of like, why'd you do that? Like, why did you need to know so bad? And he's like, because if it's true about you, like it could be true about Vicky. And also, I would love it if you would turn me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like fucking ready. And that's our cliffhanger. So I'm going to ask you the obvious question, Stephanie. Over under on Jeremy becoming a vampire? If you think he does? You know, I have said since episode one, he's going to turn into a vampire. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't expect him to know about vampires or even get close to turning this soon. I thought we'd be like season three-ish. I mean, I don't think he's going to get turned like right away. Although every time I say that, like, oh, it's way too early for this to happen. It's not going to happen. Then it happened. But I don't think he's going to get turned right away because I think Anna's going to be like, I have way more to deal with. Like, I'm not training a new vampire right now. And also because as we've talked about, like the stakes on new vampires and transitions are insanely high right now. And he doesn't really know anything about transitions because he doesn't know the full details of Vicky's transition. Even though he thinks it was a transition, he doesn't know the full details because he thinks she's alive somewhere still. When I think what's interesting about the episode where Vicky dies, where they're like making out by the bus and then she's like, we can be together forever. And it looks like she's almost about to turn him before like it all goes crazy. And like, obviously, Damon didn't know about that when he was compelling him. So I think he does have these suspicions and he's like kind of been thinking about like what it would mean to like if he returned maybe Vicky would come back like maybe that's something he's thinking about that Vicky is his Catherine in a way I mean I think it's still going to be a while till he's turned because I think him becoming a vampire will be quite an undertaking but I think the fact that he's even thinking about it right now does move that timeline up so I I think it could happen before the end of season one do you think Anna's going to be the one who turns him I think at this point of all the people who could turn him it would be her the other case, maybe Pearl comes around on her being into Jeremy and Pearl turns him like for Anna. Hmm. That would be my only two things. You think end of season one is kind of your guess? 
that's what I'm hopeful for. We can't forget that when he turns, I'm saying when, because I really think it will happen. That compulsion about Vicky's going to come undone because I think that's going to really hurt because I do think part of it is him like reaching for some connection to Vicky. Do you think there's a world where he finds out about Vicky before being turned? I think Elena would rather tell him about Vicky than let him turn into a vampire. We haven't had anyone turn into a vampire in a while. We're due for a transition. But there are so many vampires now. It just feels like there's a lot to deal with without Jeremy transitioning. But that's never stopped Miss Julie Pleck before. <laughs> yeah. Julie Pleck said, there's a lot going on right now. I'm going to add fuel to the fire, baby. They're going to open the tomb now. Yeah. <laughs> the writer's room said, okay, so... And then we open the tomb at the end of season one and Julie Flex in a chair that's like facing the wall. She's like, no. And they're like, what? And she turns around her chair and she says, episode 14. And they say, what? Julie, no. And she said, we're not waiting till the end of season one. She's like, and then you know what we should do? We should kill Gramps. And they're like, wait, what? And they're like, no, we can't do that. And she's like, also, Catherine's not in the tomb. And they're like, what? <laughs> they're like, Julie, stop. Like, Julie, you've done enough. And she's like, no, I'm just getting started. That's this episode. What do you think the future holds for the tomb vampires and Frederick? Do you think that antagonistic atmosphere in the tomb house is going to continue? Or do you think Frederick's going to kind of fall in line? I think Frederick will fall in line to get his own revenge. I think it's clear from this attempt that he can't get his revenge on his own. Or if he wants to, he has to be a little smarter about it. But I I don't know if he has the capability to be smart. I don't think that's really up to him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's his strong suit is smartness. So I think he'd rather fall in line. And even if he has to wait a little longer to get his revenge on the Salvatores, like he'll do it. I think that's the issue with a lot of these vampires. The best plans to get back at someone like have to be somewhat separated from your emotions. Like, Damon had such a struggle getting to the tomb because he was so blinded by his love for Catherine. Logan didn't get very far because he was so obsessed with getting back at the sheriff. And Noah, another example, he couldn't be helpful because all he wanted to do was mess with a girl who looked like Catherine. Like there's a reason that Anna is one of the more powerful, I would say, vampires. She's not letting her emotions get in the way. Do you think her emotions for Jeremy are going to change that for her? I think for sure this kind of pull between Jeremy and her mom, because her mom has a very rightful grudge against the Gilberts specifically, it's like going to be very Romeo and Juliet. Which is only going to exacerbate her feelings for Jeremy. And I think because she's like facing this stress of like her life isn't as independent as it was because now she has to answer to her mom and like she's not the only one in charge of her plan anymore. Like now she has to work with her mom on this, which like and all these other tomb vampires who have proven themselves to be kind of wild cards. It's a lot of emotions running very high. And Anna worked best when she could be at the, in the driver's seat. She works alone. Imagine if Pearl... Like she wants an apothecary and she's like, oh, there's not really apothecaries anymore. And she made it a dispensary. That's a good question. This is a separate, this is a low stakes game. But what do you think Pearl's shop that she's going to open is going to be if it's not going to be an apothecary? Oh because it can be like the apothecary on Shit's Creek, which is more of like a gift store. <laughs> what if she started selling like I Heart Mystic Falls t-shirts? Oh my God, I would love that. Or like a handmade soap boutique. There are oh so yeah, many that makes sense now. That kind of seems on brand Like a spa her. boutique. Oh, yeah. What she, or what if she opened like a tarot cards, crystals, meditation bowls? I love that. I wish. Oh, my God. I wish that was true. I know. If you not. had to pick one type of store that you think Pearl would open in the world of the Vampire Diaries, woven into the fabric of the town. My top choice, I wish it was a dispensary. Yeah, but that'd be funny. Counting that out because of the timing. Because it's CW in 2010. I think like a bath store spa. <laughs> uh, like a small business version of Bath and Body Works. Like, yeah, like Lush. Oh, I love that. That's what I would love for her. That or a dispensary. <laughs> yeah, Queen. I love her. <laughs> Frederick would be a great armed guard outside of a dispensary. Well, this has been a great episode. Another jam-packed, crazy twists and turns, crazy cliffhanger. As we barrel towards our season finale. As always, you can find this podcast on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast, where we post memes, clips from the show. It's all very exciting. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends who like Vampire Diaries or you think would like Vampire Diaries 
to check us out because it's a great show and it's always fun to talk about. But that's our show for this week. We'll see you guys next week. But until then, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.